Blog Talk Radio. and Mike. You've got Mike Bozich and Mike Carter on this Thursday night. We certainly appreciate you joining us. We've got a lot, uh, a very, very busy show coming up. Uh, Jim Miller, the director of publicity from Hawthorne Racecourse, will be joining us in a few minutes, going to preview the Hawthorne meet, which is set to start tomorrow. Also, uh, we're going to have uh, Brandon Valbo is going to join us. We're going to uh, get into some international talk. Hall of Fame driver Dave Miller will be on the program as well as New Vocations' very own Winnie Namath. We'll talk to her. She's got a big announcement uh, that she wants to make on this show as well. But, uh, Mike, the unfortunate news, that we just we just watched this thing from Woodbine, and holy moly, First of all, what a what a what a fantastic job their people did. That was a very very uh, touching moment there, Mike. You know, of course, yeah. talking about the unfortunate plane farms. Yeah, I agree, Mike. And I'll tell you what, uh, it, it's just it's such a shame that uh, this had to happen. Um, you know, uh, I went to bed the other night just uh, just after it had happened and. I'll tell you what, it was definitely heartbreaking. Me and uh, my good friend Garnett Barnsdale uh, talked about it for a little while before I went to bed that night. And uh, it's just so, so sad. Of course, you know you know the big names like uh, Penji Hanover, Apprentice Hanover, and many of the others. But, you know, there were other horses in, those, in that barn. And uh, just a terrible, terrible uh, tragedy, Mike. Yeah, there were 43 horses, I think, in all. And, uh, of course, uh, Ben Wallace... Uh, Chantel Mitchell, Roger Mayotte, to uh, to name a few, um, you know, lost horses in that particular uh, fire. Just a, a terrible, terrible tragedy. And uh, it's good to see the harness racing world come together. And we're going to talk about that on the other side of uh, Anthony McDonald. Anthony, you know, we, we've been doing this segment with Anthony McDonald with the Stable.ca, this ongoing weekly segment. And uh, so... I I called or Anthony called me to get this segment done, and uh, Anthony said, uh, you know, we we started talking about the fire, and Anthony said, you know, I don't know if I could talk about the stable uh, .ca, you know, and and so we actually we talked a little bit about uh, the the fire and the unfortunate inc- incident. And uh, Mike, if you want to roll that video, we'll have uh, we'll listen to Anthony McDonald now talk a little bit about it. Yeah, definitely. We'll uh, we'll listen to Anthony right now talk about the. Uh tragic events at Classy Lane Park. Visiting with Anthony McDonald of thestable.ca, and normally at this time we would talk a little bit about thestable.ca and why you should invest in it. But we're going to deviate from the script a little bit because of the tragedy that occurred late last night, early this morning, at Classy Lane Farms up in Canada. We're here with Anthony McDonald. And Anthony, what a, just a terrible... Terrible tragedy. 
Oh, I mean, listen, it's, it's, you just, you know, for the people in the industry, you know, your heart goes out to, uh, to the trainers and, and owners and grooms that lost their jobs and they're, you know, obviously they're, they're horses and friends and just such a tragedy. I mean, when, when things like this happen, I mean, people in the, I always say the, the real world when I'm talking about people outside our world, but people, people in the, in the real world, you know, seem to think that, that, uh, you know, insurance covers it and, I don't think they truly grasped the gravity of what on what went on the other night. I mean, um, you know, a guy like Ben Wallace who's been in the game well, forever since long before I've been around, and you know, break down on national TV and cry. And you know, I I went over to the barn today, you know, to give my condolences and you know, just survey and see see how bad it was. And man, oh man, it was gruesome. And I ran into two of the trainers, uh, Chris Desenzo and Chantel Mitchell, that lost their uh, lost their horses that, and, and they were absolutely crushed like it's just yeah you know, for people that haven't gone through it and i haven't gone through it but i've been through enough and, and to see to see what uh you know what transpired is is uh pretty uh pretty uh life-altering to say the least i know they uh it'll be a long time before they get on their feet i think financially or or, or mentally i mean um you know you just don't lose horses that you drive in and you take care of every day. I mean, these are things that you spend time with and you, you know, you watch them work their butts off on the track to, to win races and, and then just to have them die in such a way. I mean, as I said, you off air, it's one thing for a horse to break a bone and, you know, you, you go home and you, you feel really bad for the horse and you feel depressed and upset. But for a horse to burn to death in your barn is, is quite something else and it's, it's a unbelievable tragedy for sure. And on behalf of, uh, you know, Amy and myself and the kids and Everybody at the stable, I mean, our condolences go out, and, and uh, obviously if anybody wants to help out, there's some fundraisers set up, and most notably on the Standard Bay Canada page, and uh, I think pretty well everywhere for the next little while you're going to be able to donate, and uh, I hope people do. For more information on how to donate, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. First time with Mike and Mike did open up a GoFundMe page, so you could donate there. You can also donate directly with the COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association. And more information can be found on Standard Bread Canada's website. 100% of our proceeds here in Post Time with Mike and Mike will be going to the COSA. We'll have more with Post Time with Mike and Mike after this. Time out. Give your horse the winning touch with MagnaWave. Pulsed Electromagnetic Field Therapy. It relieves pain, improves movement, stimulates acupuncture points, reduces inflammation. Get immediate results. Call the Essential Touch LLC Certified MagnaWave Practitioner. 302-922-0917. Get the winning touch. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, you just heard from one of our sponsors, Essential Touch. You can save 20% off just by telling them that you heard right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, their commercial. And, uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, uh, definitely an emotional piece there by Anthony McDonald. And it it just – it really resonates. If you heard Ben Mitchell's interview uh, the other day, you really could understand – the sadness behind this whole thing. But as we mentioned earlier, um, we do have a couple of, there's a couple of fundraisers set up already. Uh, we currently, um, we currently, and uh, sorry, Mike, I lost my train of thought for a second there. Uh, we currently have, of course, our fundraiser set up through post time with Mike and Mike. We just have short of $9,000 raised. As we talked about before the commercial, that money will go, to the COSA um, on Tuesday. We plan on transferring all of our funds to them on Tuesday. Uh, currently, the Classing Lane Barn Fire uh, official COSA fund has 126000 I'll tell you what, Mike, it is unbelievable the amount of support that this is getting. No question about it. And a big uh, high-five and shout-out out to, I know, racetracks. 
and trainers and drivers are uh, donating in their own particular way. I know Yannick Shingra, I think, on Friday nights, uh, giving 5% of whatever he wins. Um, I think um, Ron Burke and the, a couple of the other trainers are doing the same thing. I know that uh, there are some racetracks uh, doing the same thing. I think Woodbine donated 10000 Of course, they put out that uh, dynamite, uh, dynamite video uh, package uh, tonight that, you know, Mike, we had a little bit of trouble going on the air because we were watching that thing. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's once again, it's great to see that this racing world um, get together. And, of course, uh, you know, like Mike said, if you'd like to donate, you can do so through us or the COSA. Of course, all of the money that we get will go to the COSA as well. But, but uh, all right, Mike, I guess we got to move forward. And uh, you want to talk some Hawthorne? Yeah, let's talk Hawthorne. Uh, Hawthorne opens up tomorrow, and we are very glad to have Jim Miller joining us from Hawthorne. Uh, Jim, we appreciate you taking time out of your night to join us. Yeah, guys, uh, thanks for having me. You know, we're we're really excited. It's been a while. It's it's been since 2008 since we've had racing there. But uh, I'll tell you, it was just last weekend that thoroughbreds were finishing up. So the whole the whole track conversion process and getting ready for this meet has been very quick. But uh, I'll I'll tell you the way the entry box is looking, it's going to be a very good meet. Well, Jim, I, I personally watched some of the track conversion myself on the uh, 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 on your feed on your website. But, Jim, talk a little bit about your harness background. Um, I know you do the thoroughbreds. I know you actually called some of the thoroughbreds towards the end of a meet, and, you, of course, you do the handicapping. But uh, tell us a little bit about your harness background. Yeah, fortunately enough for me, I, I, I've been there at Hawthorne since 1997. So we, we've had harness racing in the past at Hawthorne. We, we had it from 2004 through 2008. So I was handling all the handicapping duties at that time for that handling, making the morning line, which I'm doing now. So I've, I've been able to follow a little bit, at, le- at least getting a few live meets under my belt. And, and it has been some time, but here in the Chicago area for us at Hawthorne, when we're not racing live, a lot of us are out work, working at our OTB locations and, and following the circuit in that aspect. So I've been able to see some of these drivers, follow some of the locals along with some of these guys that are coming in from out of town see what the racing has been like in the different circuits around the country. So I'll tell you, it'll take a little bit of time to get back into the mix, but I'm thinking by the end of opening weekend, hopefully I'll be ready to uh, to keep up with Mike Bozich and the uh, handicapping end of things. <laughs> well, Jim, yeah, yeah, right. Listen, I'm sitting up here in uh, Peter Galassi's booth right now, and I'm, I'm watching these track guys go at it. And I got to tell you, you, if you guys don't have the hardest working tracker, I mean, these guys are just, Really, really doing a fantastic job, uh, you know, uh, putting the finishing touches uh, on converting this racetrack. Jim, talk a little bit about how that went. I know you guys had a video on your website, and I was watching it, and it, and it looked tremendous. But uh, track conversion looks like it's going very, very well. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it is a long process. I mean, and we were ready to go immediately after Thoroughbreds ended last Saturday. I mean, our, our last race went last Saturday, and within 20 minutes after that, you, you had two graders up there pulling dirt off the racetrack. And, it was something where for the first 48 hours, they, they basically worked right through the night to, to get all that surface off the track. And then after that, I, I think the biggest part of the conversion and the hardest part was actually the removal of that Fontana rail for the thoroughbred action. And, and pulling that rail out of there when, when it's been frozen into the ground was not easy by any means. So you had a lot of manpower sitting there with blow torches, basically trying to get these, these posts out of the ground. And it, it took some time. It, it took almost a full day just to get the posts out of the ground. During that whole time, you have another whole crew with the removal of the dirt. But uh, it, it was something that, that it's a big undertaking. Fortunately, we had some guys who have been here in the past to uh, have been on site for the uh, conversion of the racetrack. And, and to think about ending thoroughbred racing on Saturday and then having nine qualifiers yesterday morning, that, that's just how quick they, they got the job done and, and really a good job doing it, too. Now, Jim, you uh, were, were you there for qualifiers yesterday? I was. I was there yesterday morning, and uh, I'll tell you, it was one of those things early on in the morning. They were worried a little bit about uh, about the colder temps, so we gave it a little bit more time to warm up. And uh, we actually had to add a little bit of cushion to the uh, surface yesterday, but uh, the, the drivers and trainers were very happy with the surface. Now, Jim, talk a little bit about the racing days. We're obviously at Hawthorne going a, a mixed breeds. You've got the harness starting the year off, and you have some thoroughbreds, and the harness are coming back. Kind of uh, clarify that for us a little bit as far as uh, which days is going. Sure. And what we, right. right we, what we've seen in Illinois on the harness end last year, a lot of it was uh, racing weekends only between Maywood and Belmore. They were, they were going Thursday through Sunday, and then it got trimmed back a little bit more. 
And uh, what we're doing coming over to Hawthorne, because we have both breeds actually stabled on our backside right now, uh, we'll have five weeks of the harness racing here. And then uh, we'll, we'll be racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday this week. Uh, come back next week and we'll go Wednesday through Sunday. And we'll do that all the way up until the Saturday before the uh, Super Bowl. And that'll be our final night. But uh, it'll be five night a week racing. And we're starting out with 10 races a night. But uh, I'll tell you, the way the entry box is filling, fully expect that we're going to go up to 11 races, and, uh, and w- which will be a good thing. It, it's going to give more guys a chance to race. But entries have really been overflowing, w- which is tremendous. And after that, we uh, take a little bit of break, uh, convert that track back over to a thoroughbred surface. Uh, go about seven weeks of thoroughbred racing in March and April, and then uh, back all summer long for a, for another longer harness meet, and then uh, thoroughbreds October, November, December. So at Hawthorne, it's, uh, this year we're celebrating 125 years in existence, and uh, we'll be racing 11 months out of the year, uh, one breed or another, but uh, it'll be a very busy 2016. Jim, one of the th- great things that I hear from uh, especially uh, you know potential horse bettors about this upcoming Hawthorne harness meet is uh, the great wagering menu that you guys are offering. Can you talk about that? Yeah. yeah, and it's one of the things, that I think one of the most important things is you recognize, I mean, it, it takes everybody really to make this successful. You need the horsemen, but you, but you need the betters as well. And, and what we're doing is we want to make racing competitive. We want full fields, but at the same time, we really want it to be attractive to the betters. And we just, uh, with starting out this year, our pick fours last year were, were 25% takeout lower the takeout rate on those down to 15%. And that's the rate takeout rate where our pick fives are as well. And what we're going to do is we're going to add two, we'll have two pick fives on the card. So a pick five to open the night, a pick five for the final five races. And then if you happen to get knocked out in the first leg of either of those wagers, you can come right back. We'll have a pick four in that following race. If for some reason you're, you're not that lucky there, you can come right on back with a pick three. So you're able to have a multi-race sequence that follows you all the way through. And then we'll close out the night with the jackpot high five. And uh, if it's anything like the thoroughbred meet, we got up to the end of the year last year with with a $300,000 carryover in the high five. That last day of uh, 2015, we ended up having a million-dollar pool on that jackpot high five. And for us, we have just 20-cent wagering minimum, so you can get a whole lot of coverage. But the payouts have been really good. We've actually had carryovers in both the pick four and the pick five, even with the 20-cent minimum. So. It's very attractive wagers, and if the racing is competitive and you catch a couple of prices, I'll tell you, you can get a nice return on your investment. Now, Jim, let me ask you a quick question. I know you guys had the place pick all during the thoroughbred meet. Are you guys right. going to try that yep. for the harness meet? We are. We're going to do a place pick 10, actually. And uh, the, for the okay. thoroughbreds, we did a place pick 8. Um, on the harness end of things, we're going to do a place pick 10. Um, it won't be a jackpot wager, so there there will be a carryover if you don't have. But uh, it, it's something that even if you get a couple of days of a carryover, it can build up pretty good. And it, it's just one of those things where if you want to go and, and have some action throughout the course of the night and maybe not invest a ton of money into it, it's really a good way to follow the races. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to see. We're going to experiment with it uh, for a little bit, but uh, we'll carry it on through this entire meet. Jim Miller joining us from uh, Jim, one final question for you. I'm sitting here in the booth, and I'm looking down there at the top of the street. It looks like it's in a couple of states uh, away. You got any tips for me on uh, how I can pick these horses up at the top? That's a long yeah, way away, luck. my I'll, friend. I'll tell you, good luck for sure. Um, the, the one thing you'll notice, and, and we'll see we'll see how things go going back uh, to, to our meets back in the mid-2000s. When, when you hit the top of the stretch at Hawthorne, really, really that's when they fan out, and Hawthorne's been a – track in the past that for the harness action horses can come from well out of it so that's one of the things you're going to see horses probably stay you may see a few premature moves we'll put it that way early on in the meet but once these guys realize just how long that stretch is and just how much time you have to make up ground then you'll see these guys more or less keeping their position a little bit longer until they hit the top of the stretch and then they'll tip out and make that move but a lot of times this isn't a track that's very favorable to front end, front end pacers and trotters so because of that you may want to find, find a horse that's going to lay back a little bit, have that ability to have a real good, strong final quarter because you get a full quarter of a mile stretch there at Hawthorne. And uh, for you, you're, you're going to have things really easy when you're calling races the first three quarters of a mile, I imagine. But when they're running right at you or trotting or pacing right at you, then it's uh, best of luck to you, Mike. Well, I appreciate that, my friend. Jim Miller from Hawthorne, man of many hats there, racing analyst, director of publicity, does it all here at Hawthorne. Jim, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Well, Mike, I'm happy that you're there, and uh, I'll tell you, you came very highly recommended for Peter Galassi, so you'll, uh, you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's a very fun meet, and uh, we're really looking forward to it.
All right. Appreciate it, Jim. We'll see you tomorrow night. Oh, you got it, guys. All right. That was Jim Miller from Hawthorne. And, of course, their meet, their uh, winter meet, I guess, so to speak, uh, opens up tomorrow night. Well, the first post of 720, they'll race five days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with that 720 post. Well, we'll have more with post time with Mike and Mike. We are going to have Dave Miller. He's going to be joining us, the Hall of Fame driver, driver of the year. A lot more to go on this show. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. We'll be right back. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And I'll tell you what, Mike, the Hawthorne meet is, uh, they're really looking forward to it out there. And I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see some of that live racing action. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And like I said, and I mean it, this tracker is uh, really uh, doing a fantastic job, working well into the night, putting the finishing touches on the track inversion. And uh, it's, uh, it's really, really good to see. But right now we're going to bring in Hall of Fame driver Dave Miller. Dave, you've had a heck of a year. And, uh, you know, five Breeders' Crowns, over $12 million, a career high. You, you've got to be just on cloud nine right now with this year you've had. Yeah, no, it, it, it turned out really good there. I, I, I couldn't have been happier with it. Now, Dave, uh, I was there on Little Brown Jug Day, and I, I, I'm sure everybody wants to know. Uh, we're, you know, of course, we're a couple of months after it, but what was your feeling in that race? Just turning for home, you know, the battle was intense. I mean, what was that like, just having that all-out stretch game with Old Jiggler? Yeah, you know, I, I thought I had him beat. You know, I, uh, I, uh, I thought about it there for uh, – uh, a step or two there when he come at me there going to half but i uh you know my my only thought was trying to win the race and i i said if i turn him loose i i definitely you know not that i would have got locked in behind him but i honestly i wouldn't have run him down then so you know my horse felt great my horse was really sharp that day and uh i left him out and uh in the last turn we were there stride by stride but right at the head of the lane there my horse kind of pulled away just a hair and uh i finally uh popped his plugs and Ask him to go, and he he gave all he had there. He just got caught with the wire. But I actually thought I had him beat there for a few steps, but that's a that's a pretty tough horse. Dave, when they crossed the wire, did you did uh, did you know that Wiggle and Jiggle had beat you? Um, kind of, kind of, because he he was still going forward. That was the amazing part about it. Is uh, at the wire, the horse was coming, and he wasn't like he was getting there slowly. He's still coming back at me there, and I. I thought maybe, uh, you know, you can't really tell until the photo comes out. But, uh, you know, I didn't like the way my horse was finishing. The other horse was finishing much stronger. And, and uh, you know, if, if you watch the race, you know, past the wire, he was behind me. I mean, that horse is uh, that's, that's an amazing, amazing animal there. Yeah, certainly Roger Houston, I think, said it well when he said that uh, there certainly was no loser in that race. It was one of the races that I probably watched a thousand and it was just a great effort by two fantastic horses. And Dave, listen, you had five Breeders' Crown wins, just a fantastic year throughout all of 2015. Do you have one special highlight that sticks out? Um, well, you know, I, I raced uh, I raced at that horse State Treasure there um, for about three years. And uh, he always uh, was a contender, but he never uh, – never actually could beat them horses and uh this year he came back and uh, he was able to beat them and uh you know that was a pretty high point for me when he was winning them uh stake races there the way he was i i was pretty excited about that but uh that other filly uh broadway donna you know i started her out baby racing her you know and me and jim both thought that she was a nice horse and for her to do what she did you know this kind of yeah it's a satisfaction thing you know uh she, she's pretty tough uh gritty horse and uh she wanted to win as much as we did that's always a big help, but uh, I, I would say State Treasurer. He he was a big highlight, you know. And lost of words, he didn't win a lot, but uh, he gave us a lot of thrills. And then then you go always be Mickey. He 
he showed up at the end of the year, and we always thought a lot of him. And, uh, you know, he didn't let us down. He He's a pretty awesome horse. Now, Dave, we're coming up to 2016. Uh, what, what What's 2016 look like for Dave Miller? <clears throat> well, you know, it, it's always uh, it's a new year, you know, and you never know. Uh, these horses are flesh and blood, and, and they, uh, they're they athletes, you know, and they, they have to deal with their problems. And uh, sometimes they don't come back as good as they – as we expect him to. So, uh, but overall, I got a lot to look forward to next year. Uh, the couple of horses I'm coming back with, they're always being Mickey and Donna and, and, uh, uh, divine Caroline. She ended up the year really good. You know, uh, those are three horses I can tell you right off the bat, you know, that will, uh, hopefully make an impact and you never know what happens. You know? A lot of things change over the year and you never know what's going to come your way or not go your way, you know? Now, Dave, you're going to be headed down to Florida for the winter. Uh, certainly a great place to be. Now, are you are you going to just relax? You're going to you're going to train and work. Yeah, I uh, I got a couple horses down here. I'm already down here, and I uh, I brought a couple horses that I own myself, and uh, it's just it's basically working them, putting miles in them, and uh, conditioning them. And uh, um, I might do a little bit of racing at Pompano. I, I'm not for sure yet. Uh, I had a well, one of my clients, uh, Dr. Moore, Dr. Ian Moore. He he's down here also, and he's been racing that Arthur Blue Chip at Pompano, and he mentioned to me about uh, going and driving him, and I I told him I would. So uh, we'll see what becomes of that, and uh, just pretty much just take it easy. Uh, you know, uh, cold there for a while. I certainly don't blame you. Now, Dave, you've done a, obviously have had and is still having just a terrific, terrific career. Anything in particular that you want to accomplish before you retire? Yes, there's there's uh, there's three races that I want to win uh, that I haven't won yet uh, that that would really top my career off. And the most most the number one race I want to win is uh, the Hamiltonian, and uh, um, I haven't got that opportunity yet. Uh, you know, I'd love to win the Meadowlands Pace or the North American Cup. Those are the other two. But uh, I really would like to win that race. Uh, I think that would uh, cap off uh, things really well. You know, I went about everything else, and I'm very satisfied with what I've done. But, you know, I've missed out on them races there, and I, uh, I'm really looking forward to maybe getting there one of these days, you know. All right, Hall of Fame driver, 2015 driver of the year, Dave Miller. Dave, we certainly appreciate you taking time and joining us here post-time with Mike and Mike, and we look forward to the Yeah, sure, anytime, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, Dave, that was Dave Miller, Hall of Fame driver. The guy's just done it all, and and, and he still has plenty left in the tank, obviously. Still a young guy, and he's, uh, he's uh, going to be a force to reckon with, as he always is every time he hits the racetrack. On 2016, Mike. Yeah, we uh, we've actually got a guest that's going to actually uh, surprise us a little bit, um, and it's we're going to have uh, Bill O'Donnell, Hall of Famer Bill O'Donnell, is going to come on to talk about the uh, the fire at Classy Lane Farm. That's actually what we're going into next. Um, I attempted to get Kathy Bouton on to join us, but uh, she had told me that she's still obviously very upset about what happened. Uh, she had to deal with this um, herself not long ago. So she got us Bill O'Donnell, and we're going to talk about that when we come back from commercial break. Post time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike. Also on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, having Dave Miller on was a lot of fun, but hearing that he might be driving a Pompano uh, a couple of times for Dr. Ian Moore, who uh, just recently uh, came cl- er, to winning an award on our show, uh, I'll tell you what, that, that's a huge thing. Yeah, it certainly 
Dave Miller. I mean, he's a threat every time he hits the racetrack. He's a very smart driver. He's just one of the things that, you know, he doesn't, uh, I mean, he's not over-aggressive and he's not under-aggressive. I mean, he's just a guy that, uh, you know, puts horses in fantastic position to win each and every time, no matter what the odds. And, uh, you know, that's why he's a 2015 driver of the year and uh, he's got his accomplishments and goals ahead of him. He's, he's got a long way to go. I think he's only 51. He's, he'll, he'll be driving. 15, 20 years, so a lot of time left for uh, Dave Miller. But of course, Mike, uh, you know, unfortunately, the the headlines, uh, the headlines that you certainly don't want to see, uh, you know, the fire at the Classy Lane Farms, and um, you know, the the good thing, and, and uh, you know, there's this, it's tough to say that there's a silver lining to every cloud, but uh, like we said earlier. Uh, you know, the industry really, really stepping up. Guys like Yannick Shingra, Ron Burke, uh, you know, Woodbine, numerous racetracks, uh, you know, putting up, uh, you know, a percentage of their earnings and, and donating a lot of money. And, and you just, you know, you, it's good to see the sport step up, Mike. No, I agree. Um, I'm actually personally going to donate 5% of my check coming up, uh, coming up this week to our, uh, the COSA fund. So, uh, I'm personally going to donate 5% myself. And I'll tell you what, you know, to see the harness racing community come together to support a cause like this is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it, it's unreal. The amount of support that this has gotten. Well, Mike, uh, I believe our, uh, our, our guest is on, correct? Yeah. Bill O'Donnell's joining us and, uh, Bill, I, I gotta tell you, I wish you under a little bit better circumstances, uh, with which we're uh, talking to you today. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Thanks Bill. Uh, you, oh, no problem at all. Well, you were at Woodbine. You're at Woodbine tonight, and uh, what what was the? You know, obviously the mood was sad, but what uh, as that video was playing? I mean, I, I couldn't hardly hold back a tear. Was there a dry eye in the place? No, I don't think so. I was standing beside the Trinis Hanover's groom. I mean, she was absolutely distraught. It's, it's you know they have wakes for people. I guess this was a wake for these horses. I guess right. I mean it's, it's people are still around here and talking and you know it's just. Uh, I think it was a good thing. I think to get everybody together for that. We're, and, and we can thank Woodbine Entertainment for that. Yeah, Bill. I mean we we sat here and watched the video, and of course the video came right before our show time, and it was a very very uh, tough show for us to get started because. Frankly, I don't think a dry eye between myself and Mr. Carter over there. It was, uh, you know, certainly a great job by Woodbine. And, and, you know, actually, Bill, it's, you know, for all the things that that is is wrong with harness racing. And, you know, Mike Carter and I have talked about this on the show, off the air, on the air, about a lot of the things that is wrong with this sport and, and needs to be, um, you know, looked at. But... I think we might have lost Mike there, uh, Bill. Uh, what, I think what he was get, thinking, what he was going for, was uh, to see the sport come together like this. And of course, you know, raising funds is a big thing. But to see the support that uh, to see the support that the sport is giving to these horsemen, I mean, that's just an unprecedented thing. That's these horses are the glue that keeps this whole industry going. The camaraderie among the people. And the, I'm not surprised. I've seen it happen time and time and again when people get hurt or horses fires or just that some kind of disaster. They they come together pretty quickly. We have the one thing one thing we have in common is a love for the animal. Right. Well, Bill, uh, we certainly appreciate you taking a couple of minutes to uh, talk with us tonight. Uh, 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 I know it's tough to enjoy the racing at Woodbine tonight, but I know Frank Salee's up in the announcers booth, and uh, we appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, talk to us. No, thank you very much, and thank you for that uh, GoFundMe thing, Mike. It, that's very helpful. It, that, Not a that, that, go, that, that GoFundMe thing is what a vehicle that is, eh? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it's unreal because I mean, I, I was looking at the amounts earlier, and uh, we we are at just under nine thousand, and uh, but the the official one is at one hundred thirty six thousand. So it's it's just unreal the amount of uh, generosity that people have. We we've had people from Italy, France. Uh, one college girl, she got a hundred dollars for Christmas and asked her mother, could she send 50? I mean, some of the things that the $5 went from kids, it's unbelievable. And, and we, we really appreciate it. And these people are really going to 
that I know the people involved do also. So it's great. Well, Bill, Thank you very much. No problem at all, Bill. Thanks for joining us. That's Bill O'Donnell, the Hall of Fame uh, driver, joining us from Woodbine tonight, um, talking about the Classy Lane fire. Well, Mike, coming up next, and I think Mike was having some technical issues. I'm not sure if he's back just yet. But after we come back from this uh, Anthony McDonald spot, we're going to have Winnie Nemeth on the show. She uh, represents uh, New Vocations, and she's got a great, great program. We'll check that out right after we hear from Anthony McDonald. Visiting with Anthony McDonald in our ongoing series of thestable.ca, and once again we're here with Anthony. And Anthony, uh, let's ask this question. Over the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been talking about website functionality and all the great things about thestable.ca and how you can invest. Uh, but I think uh, today we're going to uh, approach a very, very basic question: Why should we invest in thestable.ca? Well, I think the biggest question of all is, is why should you invest in horse racing? This, this, this stable.ca is set up to make it easy for anybody to buy a racehorse. If you have any inclination that you might want to buy a horse or you'd like to you know, be the guy standing in the winter circle or come back to the paddock while the races are on and watch your horse getting ready to go, I mean, there's very few people that can actually say that they have, would, or, or did own a racehorse. And the simple fact is it's a very expensive endeavor. What we've done is simply make it extremely easy for anybody. We've broken every horse down into smaller shares and let people buy whatever portions they're comfortable buying. We've made the bills flat rate so that everybody can afford them. And we have a, a, a wide multitude of, of different uh, horses that are that are uh, ready to be staked in different jurisdictions. So whether you're in Wyoming, Missouri, Ohio, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Ontario, or anywhere else in the world, you know, we offer something that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else. And that's a chance to own a horse on your terms and on your budget. And that's what it's all about is, is experiencing the best part of horse racing, and that's ownership. And that's what we do at thestable.ca. So check us out at www.thestable.ca. Well, that was Anthony McDonald joining us from thestable.ca. And I'll tell you what. We're going to go from buying horses here, Mike, to uh, the other side of the coin and uh, where some of the horses uh, get retired. And joining us now is, uh, excuse me if I pronounce your last name wrong, Winnie, it's Winnie Nemeth from New Vocations. And she actually just took in one of our uh, Iron Horse uh, contestants in Activator. Welcome to the show, Winnie. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, now, Winnie, we, uh, we did just take in Activator. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, sorry about that. I think uh, I, I was going to toss it to Mike, but I think he might still be having an issue. I'm not exactly sure. But, uh, Winnie, you know, when we talk about standard bred retirement, um, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't get to see the back end of what happens after a horse is retired. Can you give me a little bit of or give the listeners a little bit of a view into the day-to-day life of them? Sure. Um, really, uh, we promote our horses for second careers. So they're really, when they're uh, retiring from the racetrack, we take them and we break them to ride so that they have a new skill and head them into that second career as being a riding horse. And this exposes them to a whole new audience that doesn't know anything about harness racing or even um, may not know how great the standard red is, but it gives a lot of people a lot of opportunities to get a really nice horse. Who are some of the better-known horses, uh, Winnie, that uh, went through new vocations and uh, and found a new home after their racing careers are over? Well, um, we placed quite a few. Um, just within the past three years, we've, on average, replacing well over 100 standard breads a year. Um, and, you know, just a couple that come to mind, we've placed uh, Special Report. Um, he came from Larry Stahlbaum. Uh, he's now a show horse, actually was a world champion at the Standard Bread World Show. Um, we've placed Four Trumps A. We've had um, Anvil Raider, also one of the winningest pacers, I believe, in 2013. Um, so we've had, you know, some pretty big names. And um, today, Activator arrived to our farm. Well, Winnie, I was uh, graciously got to call Activator's final race. And I'll tell you what, that was a... It was a fun horse to watch week in and week out. Now, is 
is new vocations, are they funded? Do they accept donations? How, does, uh, how can somebody help to maybe take care of a retired standard bred if they can't uh, maybe afford to take the horse in or take it to like a farm or something? Sure. Um, we are a 501c3 charity, so we do a lot of fundraising um, to help raise, you know, the funds to care for the horses that we have. And and we usually have 20 to 25 standard breads at a time that are in training for riding, and then we promote them on our website. We do videos and, and photos so people can see them. Um, but there's just you can always donate right from our website, which is newvocations.org. We also do a pre-jug party um, the night before Little Brown Jug in Delaware, Ohio. Um, we have a silent auction there, and that raises a lot of good funds for our organization. Um, in February, we're getting ready for our annual stallion season sale, which is held on OnGate. So any stallion owners that or owners that might have a breeding they're not using, that's one of our biggest fundraisers. Now, Winnie, you mentioned something uh, in the email that you sent me about having some kind of big announcement. Was that right? I do. Yes. Well, fire um, away. This is your time. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, a very well-known horse that was approaching his mandatory retirement um, last month, and I had uh, spoken with his trainer, Ray Schnicker, earlier in the year and um, and then spoke with his owner, Charles Nazo, and it was decided that Grain of Truth will be coming to New Vocations the end of this month. Thrilled to have him. He had um, He raced his last race at Yonkers, on November 24th, um, he has 345 starts, and he earned $1.5 million. That's terrific. Winnie Nemeth from New Vocation joining us. Now, Winnie, let's talk a little bit about uh, yourself uh, for just a second. How, how did you get started in the industry? Um, I grew up in the industry. I'm actually a sixth-generation harness horseman. Um, my dad is Charlie Morgan, um, based out of Ohio. He's a trainer and a driver. Um, my cousin is Tony Morgan, the second winningest driver of, uh, in North America. Um, and all of my family, um, my maiden name is Morgan. So all of the Morgan side is very engulfed into harness racing. And I grew up, um, helping my dad at the track and paddocking horses, um, to make some extra money and help out with the family stable. But I also showed horses on the, on the, the other days we weren't at the track. So, um, New Vocations was uh, the dream and kind of the the start that my mom did in 1992 in helping placing these great horses when they were done racing. Um, and from there, I just kind of, again, started helping her and really came on really in 2004 um, and started placing standard breads and have been doing that ever since. Now, Winnie, uh, obviously they've got plenty of pasture to run around in. How much fun is it to watch some of these horses just get out and get to be like, just, just, just get to be a horse, run around and, you know, neigh and kick and just have a good time. <laughs> it, it It's great. It's really great to see, um, you know, a lot of horses that were pretty, you know, difficult on the track. I'm going to again, bring up Anvil Raider and, you know, couldn't even stand for a win picture um, at Northfield park. And uh, we were able to, you know, once he got let down, and we broke him to ride, and, you know, many people, you know, a lot of trainers know, but a lot of general people don't realize that the standard red is an excellent riding horse. They've done so much on the track. They're just really, you know, break to ride really easily. So um, it's great to see them just, you know, let down and be a horse, but it's also great to, you know, what makes them so marketable is that you have a nice horse you can ride with the family, but you also have a nice horse that you could hook up and uh, drive as well. So um, it's great to see them get turned out, but it's also great to see somebody else come in and adopt them and also experience, you know, all of the miles and years that they've had at the track um, to just a normal horse owner. They just love it, and it's so exciting to see them go on and do something else. Winnie, one final time, let's uh, tell people they can get a hold of you even if, if they have a donation or maybe if, uh, you know, it's a trainer owner that uh, would like to uh, send a horse your way. Tell, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Well, our website, you can go to it, is newvocations.org, and you'll find um, my name's Winnie, and you'll find all the information on the program as well as my email um, and phone number, but um, that's the place to start. You can find a donor form if you're interested in donating a horse. 
Um, you can also donate financially um, as well from at that website. All right, Wendy Nemeth from uh, New Vocations joining us. Wendy, well, listen, Wendy, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, it's a it's a great thing that you guys do over there, and there is uh, certainly life after racing, and uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, good luck in the future. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, that was Winnie Nemeth. When we come back, we're going to have a little bit of an international flair. Our good friend Brandon Valvo is waiting on deck. You've got post time with Mike and Mike. Do you suffer from migraines, back pain? Do you have shoulder problems or sciatica? Treat yourself to a MagnaWave treatment. Call the Essential Touch at 302-922-0917. Like us on Facebook at The Essential Touch LLC and check out our website at TheEssentialTouchLLC.com. We are certified in human treatments as well as equine. We're back with post time, Mike Bozich, Mike Carter, and we certainly appreciate you joining us. Wrapping things up, we've got about 15 or 20 minutes or so left on the show. We're going to be joined here momentarily by Brandon Valvo, who's going to talk a little bit of international racing, and uh, so stay tuned for that. But uh, once again, Mike, uh, going back to this classy Lane Farms fire, uh, you know, a lot of people have donated, and of course there is still time to donate. I know our GoFundMe page that we have is going to be active until Tuesday, and uh, I believe that the one with the COSA, the uh, Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, will uh, be open for just as long, probably even a little longer. Am I right, Mike? Yeah, they'll probably be open for uh, a lot longer than that. Um, Obviously, they're going to want to keep raising funds, but we are pledging 100% of our funds raised between now and Tuesday to the COSA. And again, uh, we're just under 9,000. We want to try to get to 15,000, but I'll tell you what, it's a, uh, it's, it's a great cause to give to, to help these guys out. Well, it certainly is. And, uh, you know, the, if you listen to some of the interviews, I mean, you know, I, I saw a little bit of the Ben Wallace interview and I, and I couldn't finish it. I mean, I couldn't finish it. And, uh, Jody Jameson had an interview as well. Uh, you know, we talked to Anthony McDonald. We heard from Bill uh, Bill O'Donnell here today on this show. Just uh, all very, very touching uh, points of views on uh, you know what what happened. And uh, but anyway, let's uh, move right along. And uh, we've got our good friend Brandon Valvo joining us, our international guru. He's uh, corresponded from Harness Racing America. How are we doing today, Brandon? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? And I promise I will not ask you anything about the weather overseas. <laughs> Brandon, what's going well, on? Give us an update. What's it. going on overseas? Uh, well, what's going on is this past Sunday, it was all about uh, Tomoko at Vincennes in France, uh, the latest Prix d'Amérique prep race, the Prix de Bourgogne. Uh, he just absolutely romped. I mean, he was on the outside most of the most of the race. Uh, a little over a mile and a quarter. And at one point up the back stretch, he kind of, he made a move toward the front like he wanted to go to the lead. And then the defending pre-Demarie champion up and quick kind of snatched that opportunity away and he committed to the front. Uh, and so Tomoko kind of had to track him all throughout the race. And when they got to the top of the stretch, uh, Bjorn Goop on Tomoko just asked him a couple of times and he just, opened up five lengths, and he was just cruising to the wire, and it was really something to watch. It was a really, really powerful performance from him. Now, Brandon, uh, let's talk about Tomoku for a second and how he raced. Now, you said he rated well on the outside, but here in America, we don't see a lot of horses race on the outside and you know, are, that are able to uh, keep up towards the end of the mile. What makes it so different overseas? Uh, well, I would say for probably about the first half, he did have cover before he, he made that move, that middle move. Um, right. So that probably helped. Um, and I think it's generally a slower pace over there. They're not going all out in the first half mile. So um, I think you're generally a horse like that can probably sit on the outside and it's not a death sentence. And, 
you know, I think we saw that when he was here in the international trot. You know, he was on the outside of, I think it what was it, five turns there? And yeah. he was still right there at the finish. I mean, that was that was really a tremendous, tremendous performance from him as well. He's so sharp right now, and you know, he's he's such a champion. Uh, but he's still chasing that pre Delmarique win. Uh, he's done just about everything else, um, and so he he's primed and ready to go for this for sure. Brandon, do you think there's a good chance that we'll see Tomoko here for the uh, 2016 edition of the International Trot? You know, it's hard to say so far in the future. Uh, I don't know exactly what the plans are for him at this point. Um, I'm, I'm sure they would be interested again since he did race so strong the first time around. And, uh, you know, I know his owners are really after an earnings record. I don't know exactly what the record is. I think they're after Ready Cash's uh, record. I believe that's what it is. So it, I'm sure they're not going to turn down any big money opportunities. Now, Brandon, Assuming they uh, don't get what, it before then. Right. Now, Brandon, what's coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks? Uh, me and Mike, we're going to be very uh, into with the American stakes races not, you know, taking place right here at the start of the season. We're going to try to take advantage and learn a little bit about the international scene. Uh, what's coming up over the next couple of weeks? So this Sunday, there is uh, a prep race for the world's biggest racing under saddle event. Uh, and that race called the the main event is the Prix de Cornular. It's on the 24th January, so still a few weeks. It's a 750,000 euro race. So this is a big racing under saddle event. You know, this is the biggest one in the world. But this Sunday is uh, called the Prix du Calvados. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but uh, we'll go with it. And this is a prep race for this for this event, um, featuring some very good horses. Um, one of them is Anna Mix. She was second about a couple of months ago in a Prix-Demarique prep race. Uh, and then a month ago, she was the favorite for the Prix-Dubourbonnais, another prep race for the Prix-Demarique. And she was actually scratched at the start. She refused to um, – it was a standing start race, starts over there, and she refused to turn to start. She was actually scratched. Uh, and as a result of that, she got a one-month ban from standing start races. Uh, now, luckily for her, that ban expires today, and she's allowed to race in standing start races, so she'll be able to race on Sunday. So she'll definitely be one of the main contenders in that race, and it'll be interesting to see if they have her issues sorted out. Brandon, if you're a gambler and you kind of want to you know, take a chance and bet some of these overseas races, but you're used to American harness racing and you really don't know what to expect uh, you know, from uh, overseas races – do you have any tips for brand new gamblers on how to maybe, you know, take a look at these overseas races? Um, I would watch a lot of races first, try and get a feel for it. I would download the Laytrot app. Um, they have this great app. You can basically access information you need for free on this app. Um, it's It's really great. I wish we had something like it here because it's really a great app. Um, they have replays on there. They have all these stats. They have live odds, and they show you the progression of the odds throughout the entire wagering process. So it's it's really a great tool. So I would I would watch a lot of races. Um, they have a lot of their races on YouTube, and on, all their replays are available on their website too, laytrot.com. I would watch a lot of races. I would download the app and you know, I would just try and learn it best best you can that way because there's not there's really not a lot of English resources out there, um, but it's not all that different from American racing either. It's just a different style of racing, really. Now, Brandon, uh, talk one second before we let you go about Bold Eagle. Um, this this horse has been absolutely dominant overseas and is a lot of fun to watch. I've seen some of the uh, YouTube videos you have posted. Tell us a little bit about Bold Eagle. Well, he's an up-and-coming champion, I would say. He's uh, recently turned five-year-old. Um, he was the four-year-old champion, uh, absolutely dominant against the four-year-olds last year, and now he's kind of stepping up against the big the big boys. You know, he'll be in the Prix de Belgique uh, two weeks from, uh, well, I guess a week from Sunday, 
um, and he'll be facing the likes of Up and Quick for sure. I know Up and Quick will be in that field. I don't have the entire field yet, but uh, so he'll be he'll be stepping up, and it'll be interesting to see how he compares um, to some of these older horses. Well, Brandon, we uh, we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your uh, out of your night to join us. And listen, we're going to spend the next couple of weeks talking international racing, so we're definitely going to have you on uh, over the next couple of weeks. Oh, great, great. And in the meantime, uh, if people are looking for more info, they can always go to harnessracingamerica.com and and see what we have up there too. Sounds good. Yeah, harnessracingamerica.com has a ton of international. Uh, information for you well brandon again thank you for joining us tonight and uh we'll talk with you soon okay all right thanks guys all right that was brandon valvo joining us and uh mike i'll tell you what it's a lot of fun to see you know to have some of this international uh flair so to speak um on the show well certainly and you know like i you know the question i asked brandon from a gambler's point of view you know if, if there's a gambler that you know wants to give it a shot you know, there's just a lot of different things, a lot of different nuances. I mean, you know, Brandon's on here talking about standing starts and, and you know, all kind of different distances and different track configurations. So a lot to learn, but it certainly brings a whole new aspect, you know, especially for those that are interested in North, that are used to, I should say, North American racing, Mike. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, real quick before we uh, – we've got a few ex- few minutes to go here. Um, Essential Touch, their commercials have been playing for the last month. But right now, if you hear the, or well, you hear it, I guess if you're listening to the show, you're going to hear the commercial, right, Mike? Uh, if you tell Essential Touch that you heard their commercial on our show, uh, said that they would give 20% off. So uh, I'll tell you what, that's that's definitely a uh, that's a big chunk of change when it comes to stuff like that. Well, certainly. All you have to do is go into Essential Touch and give them a call and say, hey, I heard it on post time with Mike and Mike, and boom, you get 20% off immediately. It's uh Hey, any, I'll tell you what, in this day and age, Mike, anytime you could save a couple bucks in your pocket, you have to take advantage of it. And this is one of those uh, times. So once again, go to Essential Touch and say, uh, I heard it here post time with Mike and Mike. They give you 20% off off the top. Now, a quick programming note. Next week, we're going to be live. However, we're going to be live during the day. Um, Mike Bozich will be calling the races at Hawthorne, and I've got to close at Northfield Park. So the live broadcast will uh, occur during the day, and then we will have a – obviously the archive will be available for those of you who would like to listen uh, – to like to listen in uh, after the show that night. Right, Mike? Yeah, that's correct, and uh, really that's the good thing about the on-demand feature, Mike, and the archive is that really you can listen anytime. I mean, we certainly appreciate you catching us live and listening to us live, and it's a lot of fun because you can tweet and Facebook and do all that stuff while we're on the air. But, you know, we, we understand that – you know, things get in the way and things happen. So you can always listen to us on demand on the archive. And uh, one of the great things uh, about Blog Talk Radio, Mike. Yeah, definitely. And uh, coming up next week, we'll have the final total and what we give or what we're going to be giving to the COSA. And uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, that is a great, great cause. Again, don't, don't, don't undermine this one, one bit. This is a great cause to give to. Uh, they've raised over $130,000 already. And the estimated cost was between four and five million dollars, so every little bit can help. Yeah, really. And uh, like I said, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can go to the GoFundMe page for the COSA. Uh, you can go to our GoFundMe page, which you can find on our Facebook and our Twitter. And all that money that we have is going to go right to the COSA. Um, at, you know, after the close on Tuesday and. You know, our goal was to raise fifteen thousand, and, and what's the count right now, Mike? We're right, probably right at about that nine thousand dollar mark, right? We are officially at eight thousand eight hundred thirty-four dollars, and I tell you what, we've been, we there's been some very generous donations, so we're we're definitely thankful for that. Absolutely, and and you know what? And listen, you know, if you could only afford the spend, we've had donations for four, five, six thousand. That's fine. That's perfect. You know, give what you can give. It's for a very, very good cause, and uh, you know, just just get it done. Get it done. Definitely. Well, Mike, uh, it's been. I tell you what, where is this hour gone? It's been a lot of fun, but uh, have a good time at um, at Hawthorne tomorrow. I know you've got a bunch of ten horse fields and an eleven horse field. I know you got to be excited about that. 
Oh, I, I certainly is, and uh, you know it means a lot to be standing in this booth. I mean, you know, Phil George F. called out of the legendary Chicago announcer for a long time, a number of years, and uh, you know Pete Galassi, the guy that got me started in this business. Um, you know, called here for a number of years and a lot of history here at Hawthorne, you know, over a hundred years, it's been family owned and operated pretty much the whole time. And, and, uh, it's really a jewel in Chicago and, and, you know, and I, I want to see nothing but the good things for the carries and, and, uh, these people here that just do a terrific job and they're really looking forward to this harness. Very, very excited. Everybody's just very, very excited to get this thing going tomorrow. And, uh, it's, be a lot of fun, and you know, like I say, if you're uh, wagering on it, there's a lot of good wagering options. As uh, Jim Miller mentioned, it's going to be uh, in full fields. A lot of fun, Mike. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Well, guys, uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, for Mike Bozich. I'm Mike Carter. We'll see you next week. Post time to be announced. It'll be announced on our Twitter and our Facebook page. Just make sure you check it out. Have a good night, guys.